When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mason Greenwood scored 17 goals in his first full season in the Manchester United first team. He's only 18. And I've never seen anything like it. It's just, you know, he was hitting them from 30, 40 yards. And everybody looked and thought, wow. He would always skin people. He was always quick. So we always had that technical ability. If you can't double up on him, I mean, he's going to just score bucket loads. We've seen what makes him a great young player. He scores goals all the time with his left foot and with his right. But today on the Manchester United Weekly Podcast, we're finding out how. How did Manchester United develop such a good young player? How did Mason Greenwood train to make himself such a great scorer of goals? And when was it obvious that this Bradford-born mercurial talent was just that and was going to make it at Old Trafford? Talk to the parent of any ex-academy boy from the last few years and they'll happily indulge in some Greenwood memories. So that's kind of what we did. We spoke to fans and coaches and journalists, anyone who spent the last half a decade watching Mason Greenwood play. Those who, before Marcus Rashford had even kicked the ball for the Manchester United first team, were hearing whispers about a two-footed lethal striker just going into his teens. I'll introduce them all as we go. I'm your host, Harry Robinson, and this is the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. Greenwood's got a great chance here and scores. And he's there. Mason Greenwood has only just come on. Greenwood. Well, he's at it again, the 18-year-old. Greenwood. Look at the confidence. And look at the finish. Mason Greenwood hits the spot. It's Mason Greenwood. Explosive. One of the great challenges of Manchester United's youth system is managing expectations. Every young player who hauls himself through the academy must face the insatiable desire of the club's enormous fan base to know everything about this new entrant into their lives. The everyday presence of social media has magnified that to a sometimes unmanageable extent. Mason Greenwood is truly of the social media generation. He himself would send round clips of his latest goal or skill to big accounts that covered the United Academy. He has been a name for some years now. And yet he's very grounded. He's a nice, polite kid and he's a great talent. Let's get stuck in. First, we'll look at just what it is that makes Mason Greenwood such an exciting prospect. Then we'll look at his childhood, how he progressed through the academy and what the future holds. One hour, one player, plenty of guests and some really brilliant insight. So here we go. Two feet, use both of them. I was lucky enough to meet Sir Bobby Charlton at United game away at Loftus Road when I was a kid some years ago. He was happy to give some advice on how to become a footballer. Not that I was ever good enough to deserve such advice from such a great man. But he said, get a ball and pass it against a wall with your weak foot until it becomes strong enough. Then take five steps back, do the same and then start doing the same, but volleying it this time. And then make sure that your weak foot is as good as your strong foot every time you train. And if it's good enough for Sir Bobby, it should be good enough advice for everyone. 
Well, Mason Greenwood does use both feet and he's worked on it, but it is also a natural gift. What foot is Mason Greenwood? Well, officially, he's left-footed, but his right foot is just as good. Here's Alan Brennan, who's been watching Mason play for years. He's an Irish red. Obviously, he played for the under-18s from about 16. What struck me really was, you saw that I think the breakdown of his goals last season for the, the 18s, or for 18s and 23s, was 15 with his right, 14 with his left. But it's, it's crazy because his left is, I think left is his stronger foot, but he seems to take penalties with his right. And he seems to have more precision sometimes. With his right. I don't know what it is. You wouldn't know even by the way he goes to strike the ball what's more natural. Even last night watching the, the goal, he teed himself up with his left, which I thought was incredible. Because defenders defending against the how do you stop that? I mean, geez, it's just... And he is 50-50. He is for probably 60-60 because he's so good with both of them. Uh, and it's hard for defenders. Um, it's not many uh, that I can remember. that can Because he can do every single technique as well. He can strike it, he can curl it, he can place it. You got Cristiano, who could he's, he scores just as many with his left foot as well. But most of the time, that's a close, not close your eyes, but a proper strike. Mason can curl it with both feet, so uh, it's just an exceptional, exceptional finisher. According to the Football Stats website FB Ref, Greenwood is 77% left-footed. That stat is worked out by taking all the passes made by a player and seeing how many were made with the left and how many with the right. 77% left-footed Greenwood. For context, Rashford is 89% right-footed and Lionel Messi is 92% left-footed. And we haven't really seen the right-footed side of Greenwood's game for the first team. He scored 10 league goals and only two of those have been with his right foot. That'll change soon, I promise. But why is being two-footed such a valuable asset? Here's a segment from TIFO Football's video on Greenwood's two strong feet. This is the host, Joe Devine, on TIFO. A two-footed attacker, therefore, either requires the defender to not commit, meaning that they're less likely to make a successful block, or, alternatively, punishes him for gambling, shifting the ball down the less protected side. TIFO's video also points out that Greenwood manages more shots on target per 90 minutes than his rivals at other top clubs in the same position. And yet, he takes fewer touches per game and has fewer successful dribbles per game. And the reason for that odd correlation of more shots on target but fewer touches and fewer dribbles is, perhaps, the two-footedness of Greenwood. He doesn't need to take extra touches to get the ball onto either foot because he can shoot with both feet. He doesn't need as many chances, basically, because once he finds space, it doesn't matter which way he's leaning or which foot the ball is in front of, he can pull the trigger, a luxury only afforded to two-footed players. And then when it comes to the finish... People call it natural finishing, but it's knowing when to shoot. People, players who played with him, know the, the natural finishes. They know where to put the ball, but he knows when to shoot. And I think that makes a hell of a lot of difference. You see a lot of goals that have gone through people's legs. And I remember a game against Wolves again in the, um, I don't know if it's, I can't remember if it was in the Cup or the under 18s league. And he was two late goals there. And it was just the way he scored him was just, the moment he received the ball, he, he, he shot and it just put everyone off. And that's, that's a lot of the goals have come that way. It's not not all about getting into a position where you know you're going to score. It's about shooting to, so the, the, they can't save it or react to it. That was David Pritt, the man behind the Twitter account Academy Review. He first watched Mason back in 2016 and has been keeping an eye and an ear on things for even longer than that. 
And now this is going to be Tony Park, author of Sons of United and the finder of that famous stat of more than 4,000 consecutive games with an academy graduate in the Manchester United matchday squad at Mr. Mujak on Twitter. Sure, he's always been a natural finisher. That, that's been there from the start. Um, and, and the other thing about him is even from a young age, missing a chance never bothered him. I've never seen him upset. I've never seen him angry. I've never seen him, you know, flash at anybody. I've never seen him go into a dirty tackle. Alan Brennan again now. I think it's just the fact that his skills, as I say, at under 18 level, the stuff that he was showing consistently translates well to first team football. You know, all he's working in his face and he can get a shot. And most, most times you see him going in on goal, you expect him to score. Okay, we know Mason Greenwood is good. You knew that before you started listening to this. But where did he come from? Mason's first game as a footballer was for Idle Juniors FC. He was six years old, playing for his local team in Bradford, Wibsey, Bradford. He scored 10 goals. The coach of Idle Juniors at the time was a retired police officer. Even before his first game, Mason Greenwood had been begging to be allowed to play. He'd come down and watch his teammates play, even at the age of five, when he knew he wasn't going to be allowed to play. You see, kids can't play competitive games in England until they turn six. That's a national rule. So when he got his first taste of a game, he enjoyed it. He was scoring too much, though, and so the coach took him off to keep it at a respectable scoreline, something that does happen in kids' football quite a lot. But every time he took Mason off, Greenwood would be at his feet, pulling on his leg, asking to come on again. So he would, and then he'd score again, come off once more, and it continued until he'd come on and come off, and he'd got his 10th in the final minute of the game. His team won 10-1, and Greenwood had got all of them. Mason was the first boy in the Greenwood family. He had two elder sisters, his parents and Melanie and Andrew, and his family was crucial in his development as a footballer. It was not all natural talent. He'd spend most of his time as a kid playing football and his neighbours all say that he was always spotted with a United shirt on and a ball tucked under his arm. He'd play against the neighbours' kids, most of whom were older than him, on the street or in the park. And he played for Idle Juniors for a season or so. His name began to get around. Opposition managers would call the juniors coach on a Saturday evening to check whether Mason would be playing because he just scored all the time. He had a great shot, powerful, and at this point was rapid compared to his teammates. United spotted him pretty quickly. Still only six years old, he was taken to United's development centre in Halifax, West Yorkshire, and that's where he played for many years. Andrew, his dad, would take him to the Halifax centre 20 minutes early before training and he'd get Mason to shoot at the bins outside the door using both feet, of course. He'd also take him to Bradford Park Avenue Football Club and Mason would kick a ball on the pitch while his sister, Ashton, a couple of years older than him, ran around the running track. She's now a good athlete and got a sports scholarship to go to Manchester Metropolitan University. The family stayed in Bradford until United wanted him almost full-time at Carrington and then they moved to Manchester. His dad was a good footballer's dad. He kept him grounded and trained him hard. His dad's there, he, um, he lets him know that his game wasn't perfect and he should have done this and done that. And I heard stories that his dad, when he was a kid, used to take him play five aside in Moss Side. Obviously, the from Bradford, well, round about Bradford, he used to take him to Moss Side and his dad took him there because he wanted him to get kicked about. Not hurt, but just know that it's not going to be easy. It toughened him up a bit and it made him realise he has to do certain things in order to get a shot away. Yeah, I think his dad plays a major role in the way he is. Tony Park knows Mason and his parents quite well. He's spoken to them on many occasions while watching United's youth teams. A lot of people, because you know, I spoke to his mum and dad all the time at, at the games, and very grounded, didn't get excited, 
very humble, always in the background. They wouldn't not, you know, they'll chat if you chatted to them, but they weren't gobby or out of their way or anything like that. And you just thought this kid's got a really solid family. They're very, 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 um, I think their daughter is an athlete of some sort. I think she might do running or, or track and field or something. Um, but I know that they sometimes watch her compete as well. Um, cause it, his mum was saying to me that they've got to make sure that it's fair. Do you know what I mean? About what, watching the daughter and watching the son. They can't just watch the son. The sister who Tony is talking about is Ashton, now 21, and who was given a sports scholarship to study at the Manchester Metropolitan University. Um, but his dad was there all the time. Um, and it was really interesting because you chat to him and his dad was very low key, didn't get hyped up about any of it. You know, he's saying he's, you know, he's got to work. So when you say, to, when you hear all these people on the commentary saying, do you think he'll make it? His family's fine. He's, he's got he's got the right mindset. He, he's not going to get giddy. He's not going to you know get get it all taken away. He's a grafter in that respect. And they are the nicest people you ever want to talk to. You know they've got time for you. They'll let on to you. They're they're very private people. So they you know you're not going to get interviews with them and stuff like that. They don't do any of that sort of stuff. They come from a very humble background where they're just they're not into all the hype. You know, and they never I've never seen them hype their sons up. I think I had a, a program from the Austin Cup where he was there and I said to his mum and dad, would you like a copy of that? And they were, oh, that'd be lovely. Thank you. But, you know, they saw, they, they saw me pass them around, but they wouldn't ask for one. Do you know what I mean? It was only when I offered that they took one. So they're not those kind of people. So you would hope that that kind of value system is evident in the way that he approaches the game as well or approaches life, I guess. But, you know, he, he's never in the papers. He's, he works hard. He graphs hard. As most, as most of the kids do, you don't hear the kids in the papers. They're all pretty professional. Now, playing for United at a development centre is all well and good, but there comes a point when young players either push on and start to be a proper part of the United setup, or they get released and go back to playing Sunday football. At under-12 or under-13 stage, you begin to hear whispers of good footballers. Coaches talk to coaches, parents talk to parents, and everyone can recognise a good talent when they see one, and it always gets out. Now, as you could probably tell by now, Mason's parents certainly weren't the ones promoting him. They wouldn't tell anyone who was watching that he was their son, that you should look out for Mason Greenwood, definitely not. But names are whispered along the grapevine, and Mason certainly was. Here's Rob Dawson, writer for ESPN. I think it was probably around the time he was 12 or 13. Like you saw always whispers around the academy, you know, a, a player that they think could really go on and, um, and make it. Like, it took a while for, for me to see him play there were whispers around that time that, that they had a very in the academy uh, one that they were very, very hopeful that they could really go on and, and maybe reach the first team. Obviously, that's, you know, they're still very caught about the way they, they talk about young players and, and know with this and then they have with other players in, in the past and will be in the future. With, with Mason, as it stands at the moment, they were gone. David Pritnow, who goes to watch United's under-18s, under-23s and women's under-21s home and away. Before lockdown, he'd gone to a ridiculous 111 games from August to March. A friend of mine, Alan, he always watched a lot of the younger age groups on a Sunday morning at Carrington. And he mentioned about this lad called Mason, he didn't know his last name, who one of the best footballers he's seen. I mean, he was only 13 or something at that time. And he kept bringing up every now and again this lad called Mason. And Greenwood is the modern academy graduate. He developed in an era where videos are shared of kids from a very young age on social media. Alan Brennan saw some of these videos. There was a lot of clips coming out around Instagram and you know different social media at the time of Greenwood taking these free kicks off his right and his left. And I'd never seen anything like it. Just you know, he was hitting them from 30, 40 yards at under 14 level, it must have been at the time. 
and he was swinging them in both feet so confident and you know in terms of some of the other skills he was trying and all the rest but he I couldn't get over just the technique you know and obviously natural ability too you know and Tony Park has been watching United Academy teams for the longest time out of our guests when I was watching the under 16 during I don't know 2015 16 17 around about that area you always had certain people on the staff or one or two parents would be commenting who's coming through. And there was always names coming through. You always hear names. And after a while, and I've been doing this for like 20 years or something. So after a while, you just, you take it with a little bit of pinch of salt until you look for yourself because you've seen so many kids come through with a huge rep, you know, they don't make it. So you just kind of take it with a pinch of salt, really. But to be fair, there was more hype about other players than Mason Greenwood. Angel Gomez, for example. But Greenwood developed well in the academy. His family moved to Manchester so he could train whenever needed. And by the time he reached the under-15s and the under-16s level, it was pretty clear that he really was a special talent. Players that reach the academy system are good footballers. We all know that. Um, there is something about them anyway to get into that system. And the idea of the academy system is to, is to build that development into them, that, the skills that they don't have, to kind of create that skill set within them during the time that they have. Um, and with Mason, I think that for the academy coaches, that, that bit has been very, very simple because a lot of the, the raw materials, a lot of that raw talent was already there anyway. Um, obviously, there has been a, a degree of fine-tuning, you know. But in terms of how they've coached him, I think an awful lot of the things that they were looked to in a play were already there anyway. Greenwood began to move into the under-18s when he was still only 15 years old. Again, you could tell that he had a lot of talent because his style of play, he was very languid with his running style. He was very two-footed even then. He couldn't half hit a ball from a, for a 16-year-old. So you knew he, he, he had a chance. But when he was very young, he kind of he drifted in and out of games. So he would have a five-minute spell where he beat three men and put the ball in the back of the net or beat three men and set up someone else or whatever. You know, he would, he would be brilliant. And then he'd go missing for 20 minutes. And the thing to remember is that's quite usual. Okay, that's not unusual for young boys because, you know, they're not phys- he's two years you know, below his age group. He's not as physically stronger as he was very thin and skinny, um, you know, in comparison to some of the other lads. Uh, he wasn't necessarily as tall as he is now. So, you know, there are a lot of reasons why you're not going to get that kind of consistency. In August 2017, Mason Greenwood was 15 at this point, United took him to the Otten Cup, a pretty prestigious youth tournament in the Netherlands. And it was at that point I thought, this kid looks really good. But again, he was playing against lads who were 20, 21, 22 years old. So he was probably one of the youngest in the whole group. But although he'd been on that trip, which was basically a trip for the reserves team, when he came back, he dropped straight back all the way down to the under-16s for a trip to Hong Kong. The coaches were always keen to hold him back just the right amount and to give him the great experience of trips away with whatever team they could. And he's, and he's playing with, with lads that... You know, he, he's not playing with now. He's, he's flying past them and he's scoring goals and he's, he's, you know, doing stuff. And all of a sudden you're thinking in his own age group, he's just too good. This Hong Kong trip was a really good initiative between Manchester United and the Hong Kong Jockey Club. It was a three-year deal for the academy to go out there each summer and play a few games. The tour happened in 2017 when Greenwood was on it and then again in 2018, but not in 2019 and it hasn't been extended. The situation in Hong Kong is just too dangerous. It's a real shame for all sorts of reasons, but for the young United players who have missed out on an incredible opportunity as well, a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip to a very different world. 
Greenwood came back from that under-16s trip in August 2017 and it was at this point that he started to play for the under-18s. His first few moments of under-18s football weren't breathtaking. No one watching thought, oh my God, he's the best talent of the decade. But when, in his second start, Greenwood scored a hat-trick, well, people let their jaws drop just ever so slightly. And every one of the goals was a worldie and it just clicked and everybody looked and saw, wow. And that was the first real wow factor that people had been looking for. And he's hit a hat-trick and, everybody, and now everyone's gone, wow. Because the type of goals he scored and the power he hit them and the, and the vision, it, all of a sudden, it almost, it almost like, Harry, it came together on that day. For me anyway, in terms of everybody saying, ah, this is what they're talking about. Because no one had really seen up to this point. And he had, and he had just what you would call a complete, a, you know, a complete game. And he played the whole ninety minutes or whatever it is, ninety-five minutes, and he was outstanding. He had a really, really good game. And then things quietened down again. Greenwood played well, but wasn't rampant. He was growing into a new setup. He played against Middlesbrough. United won six-two. He didn't score. Then he scores the next game against Sunderland. Then he plays against Stoke, but doesn't score in a one-nil defeat. And then he's not involved at all in games against Blackburn and Manchester City. He scores against Wolves, he plays but doesn't score against Liverpool, and then is very quiet in the FA Youth Cup loss to Derby County. All I'm trying to get across is that it wasn't instant, and this is something that Tony Park was very eager to point out as well. It wasn't as if every game Greenwood played, he was incredible. He scored goals, he dominated games. It needed time. You're right there, but even the games where in the first season of the 18s, even the games where I wouldn't say he had the best of games. He still managed to score in some, most of them games. And I think he had a great partnership for me with um, Jimmy Garner. Garner used to feed him the ball a lot. You know, and a lot of late goals came that way where Mason wasn't really in the game and then Garner would play a ball to him and he'd be on one-on-one with a keeper and have a shot away. So, yeah, you're probably right there. He wasn't the, obviously the second season where he was just ruthless, but I still think even the bad games in the first season, he still scored. Come the end of the season, though, and he had 17 goals in 17 starts. And United had taken Greenwood to Germany, Texas, the Netherlands, and then all the way back to the USA. It was a busy, busy time, starting in January 2018. We sent an under-18 uh, under squad to the Sparkest Cup in Germany to play a five-a-side tournament. And we, and we won the tournament, and he played brilliantly. He was scoring goals you know, in five-a-side football. You can imagine what he must be like at five-a-side. And he, and he was outstanding and we won the tournament and he scored one of the goals you know, to win, win the tournament. And it was when United came back from that that Greenwood started to score regularly for the under-18s. And now he's finding the back of the net regularly and now I think it's at this point in about March 18, people are going, wow, this kid can play. This kid this is really, really interesting. And now, and now he's getting the name because he's putting the ball in the back of the net. So the reserves then went to the Dallas Cup at the end of March and they took Greenwood with them. And what happens is he would play in the, come off the bench. But it didn't happen like that. He was, he started most of the game and he scored against Tigres. He scored against Toronto. He scored twice against uh, the Japanese when we won 8 nil. So straight away, he's come in and made the step up to a reserve level, although it wasn't the reserve team. He's doing the reserve level and he's very comfortable. Um, and then we lose, we lose in the semi-final against Arsenal. And again, he's, he's, he's made that step up. And then we're now into kind of April, May at the end of the season. And he scored again in the under-18, scored twice again in the 18s for the, against Middlesbrough. He scored um, again in the 18s against City. And all of his goals, we get to play off against Chelsea in the, in, at the end, doing great. 
the fight, and then this is when it all changes, in my opinion. A reserve team then goes to a, a, a youth tournament in Holland, and it was called the ICGT tournament, and it was played in Oitgest um, uh, in uh, in Holland. We put a reserve team out, and we took him with us, and his number was fourteen. So it wasn't in the. What they tend to do is they tend to do the starting eleven, one to eleven, and then all the subs. So he was given fourteen. Anyway, he started in the first game, scored. Started in the second game, scored. Started in the third game, scored. Started in the final against Real Madrid and scored the winner against Real Madrid. He was named player of the tournament. And along with William Strong and Gribben, Callum Gribben was in the team of the tournament. And that's when everybody was saying, wow, this kid can do it. Now, he hasn't even played, he hasn't even played under 23 reserve football yet. And that's when... Um, that's when um, Mourinho took him on the um, tour to America. And in America, with Mourinho, Greenwood did well. He didn't look out of place and he was only 16. In the evenings, he'd play Fortnite with his roommate, Jimmy Garner. They beat the rest of the United squad on the regular, apparently. And when he came back, it was straight into the under-18s again, not the under-23s. Once again, it's clear to see how United's coaches wanted to hold Mason Greenwood at the level that they thought was appropriate for him. He was still only 16. But if the hat-trick against Wolves in the under-18s had been the short, sharp breath of anticipation, the Mason Greenwood rollercoaster throttled along its tracks as the 2018-19 season got underway. The hype could no longer be held back when Mason Greenwood hit 22 goals in 19 games before Christmas. So when we saw him at the beginning of August, having not seen him you know, from May, you're thinking, shit, he's starting to fill out, he's growing a couple of inches, and a lot of those little rough edges... He kind of, you know, he'd lost. He was more in the games often. His, his finishing was a lot better. He was more clinical. He was shooting on sight. And scoring a lot. Nine in his first six games, including a hat-trick against Blackburn. In October, he made his debut for the under-23s and scored, of course. It was this spell that means when I, and I think many others, watch Mason Greenwood go in on goal now, you do just expect him to score. Gomez, Greenwood, chance, goal. Different level, same story. Mason Greenwood scores again. Super finish. Lovely little ball as well by Gomez. He played Wolves away at Molyneux. And it, obviously, he was, I think, 17 then. And was it, I think he just turned 17, if I remember rightly. He had just turned 17. And going from the 18 to the 23 is a big, big jump. And Wolves had a few you know, older players in there. And even though we lost the game, he managed still to get a goal and it just showed you that no matter what opposition he's playing, he'll always be there or thereabouts and have a shot. A first-team debut didn't seem so far away. Jose Mourinho was interested in Greenwood. He'd taken him to America in pre-season and he wanted to take him to games as part of the travelling squad in the Premier League and Cups. But although Greenwood is a quiet boy, he's also very confident. He turned Mourinho down. Told that he wouldn't start the game or even be on the bench, Greenwood decided to play for the youth teams instead. And score, of course. And I know that one of the games he turned down was so he could play in an under-17 friendly. And for me, that's Greenwood all over. It's not about ego, it's not about this and that. It's about playing football. And after that, I loved him for that. And then on December the 18th, Greenwood really made the headlines. Goalkeeper took a bit of a slip and might be in trouble here. Greenwood tries to pick up the pieces, takes the scenic route and scores! United's FA Youth Cup campaign is up and running and they've got the holders worried there. 
the goalkeeper at sixes and sevens, and Mason Greenwood scores again. Greenwood goes forward and scores! 37 seconds after the restart, Manchester United are in dreamland again. Oh, now Greenwood steals in. He's going to have to do it on his own. And he does! Hat-trick! Three for Greenwood, four for Manchester United. It's one of the best performances I've seen, never mind at, at the youth level, you know, first team level, anything. It was brilliant. It was the FA Youth Cup. Chelsea had won the previous five iterations, equaling the record of the Busby Babes. Oh, and they did a very strong team against Arsenal. They did. Five of those involved in the previous final, when Chelsea had beaten Arsenal 7-1 on aggregate to win the cup, were playing against United that day. Well, Green was single-handedly won that game for United. I mean, it was ridiculous. The goals he scored were brilliant. It was perhaps the pinnacle of his time in the youth teams, the biggest tournament at least. And only 13 and a half hours after the third of Greenwood's goals against Chelsea. Big, big breaking news. Manchester United have sacked Jose Mourinho. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was soon named interim replacement. And a month into his supposedly temporary reign as United boss, he name-dropped Mason Greenwood. He's knocking on the door, Solskjaer said. And in March, United went to Paris. Mountains are there to be climbed, aren't they? Because uh, you can't uh, lay down and say, this is over. Uh, we're going to have to go down there believe in ourselves, play a good game, uh, improve from today, obviously. Greenwood had, at this point, played just three times for the under-23s, the reserves team. And then all of a sudden, he's, he's now playing against PSG in the European Cup. You know, so it's a huge step up. So now all of a sudden, you've got this kid who's, you know, played three or four times for the reserves, and he's now playing against PSG in a European Cup quarter-final or whatever it was. And you're thinking, oh, shit, you know, but it wasn't a surprise. It was a surprise it happened then, but it wasn't a surprise because I think it was a matter of time. And I think there was a whole bunch of youth supporters who were saying, well, let's just wait and see if he can handle the pressure. Oh, the referee's going to look at his team. What a moment this is. Wow. My word. And so, as the drama unfolds, Marcus Rashford is near the penalty spot, ready to take the all-important kick. Luke Shaw wanders over to give a word of encouragement. Romelu Lukaku and Taith Chong are standing about 20 yards away. And 17-year-old Mason Greenwood, in his first game for Manchester United, is standing in position. The PSG defenders are arguing with the referee. Fred is trying to move them away. And Greenwood is just standing there, ready to run in for the rebound. In the end, he doesn't have to, of course. Rashford slams it home and Greenwood runs over in celebration. But it's a great insight into the type of character he is. He isn't, like Rashford and others may do, going to run in to protect his teammates necessarily. He's just very focused, ready to get into position and make a difference. United season quickly crumbled after that game and Greenwood's under-18 career was virtually over too. He played once more, scoring twice, but spent most of the time in the under-23s, making another three appearances and a couple of games for the first team too. It's now more than a year on from then and he's only made a total of seven appearances for the under-23s. He just skipped reserves football. And he just and I think he's one of those players, it's funny people, people have asked me a few times, I think he's one of those players that might actually be better suited for the high level and not necessarily suited for reserve football. Some players, they need reserve football in order to make the step up. 
Um, Giggs didn't. Giggs, you know, Giggs hardly played any reserve football. Norman Whiteside didn't play much reserve football. You know, whereas Beckham and Neville and all this and Skulls, they played loads of reserve football. You know, they had to they had to kind of graft their way into the team. They weren't naturals in the way that Giggs was and Whiteside was and Greenwood is. You know, they they didn't need to. They they were ready before they played a lot of reserve football. And Green was that kind of guy. I think he's I think he plays better with better players around him. And I think you can see that. You know, he's playing with a lot of really good players, and he's very comfortable with that because he's he's he thinks ahead of the game. Uh, he's one. He reminds me, you know, about a little bit about the Giggsy story. You can't really send him on loan, and for me, he's um, he's ready to be in this squad. Green was easily the best player since Morrison I've seen come through. I would, you know, I think he's better than Gomez. Well, the, the proof is he's proving it. You know, he scored 16 first-team goals. No other player's done that. So, so he's certainly, he's certainly the best player I've seen since Morrison, and he's probably had the most impact in the first team, the best since Giggs. Just from a mentality point of view, sometimes you see young sort of burst into the first team, and when they score that first senior goal, there's almost an element of surprise around that that they they can't believe what they've just done and the. Are a little surprised when you watch Mason score or score those first senior goals in the United first team. There didn't seem to be any of that. It was almost just that's normal. This is my normal. This is a normal thing that I do. I score goals for the team I play for. Um, again, you can't teach that kind of mentality. There was one final game for the under 23s. Greenwood went on pre season with Solskjaer's United in the summer of 2019, did very well, scored some goals, and returned for the new campaign. He played against Doncaster Rovers' first team in the EFL Trophy for United Reserves and scored the winner. That's the moment where I thought, like, he's definitely ready for the first team now. I always thought he'd, he'd, he'd ready to play, I thought, on the bench or something, but that was the moment where I thought, yeah, he'll score goals for the first team. And he did. Since then, he's become an established first team player and it's no surprise, really. He has a great feel for the game. Every time yeah. he touched the ball, there was a purpose to it. He didn't try and force things. He took what was there. And for a young kid at 17 to have that composure in the box, he had a picture of what he wanted, come, in, come on the left foot, chop. Like I said, like Van Persie and a good finish. It was That's a top player. He's going to be a top player. In my, in my mind, he's going to be a proper Man United player for a long, long time. Um, that's how good he is. In and around the box, he's one of the best uh, finishes we've got. And I'm happy he got his goal. I'm sure he'll uh, he'll go home tonight and be happy with that one. I played uh, fantastically. He's a young kid and he's he's a he's a special kid. So we uh, we know when he's uh, he gets uh, faced up and looking forward, he's dangerous. But then I thought his hold up play and his general uh, play as well, link up play today was great. Was it the goal that you would have been proud of? <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. He's he's got a knack of that. He's, he can go inside. He can go outside. He's just as good with his right foot as his left foot. So uh, he's uh, he's developing into a fine player. And now the future is very very bright. But I, I think it's just the fact that his skills, as I say, at under eighteen level, the stuff that he was showing consistently translates well to first team football. You know, all he needs to do is work an inch of space, and he can get a shot. And most most times you see him going in on goal, you expect him to score which is ridiculous. Um, as good as his finishes have been, it's just the way he's teed himself up. Even the goal against, the first goal against Brighton, the touch was exceptional. And the kind of move, he kind of shimmy to go inside as if he was, the defender was expecting him to come across when Bruno was playing across the box and he kind of stepped back at the last minute. You know, that's, that's so smart. And I think, like, I, he plays so ahead of his years. I mean, in terms of, he looks, you know, he's always been mature in how he's played. You know, he's always done the right things. 
when the team is a big game, everyone will expect Mason Greenwood to be in that team. And then we'll be disappointed if Mason's not in for, for Chelsea in the semi-final or a, a Europa League final. And that just shows how how far he's come in such a short space of time. Um, I mean, it's said it's it probably is underappreciated a little bit um, because for an 18-year-old boy to, to be able to do that is incredible. The real factor that will affect it is not his talent, which is clear to see to everyone, but his character. Against Southampton, he was tackled badly by Oriel Romeo. Against Crystal Palace, he was hacked down a couple of times. He didn't react on either occasion. I was just about to say that he, if, if he got hacked down, if, if he's not injured, he just gets put up and just like walks away. You don't even look at the, the player who tackled him. He just, it's just like, oh, we've got a free kick, so I'll get in position for where I need to be. He doesn't want to think about retaliating to it. So he's just got a great mentality that way. I've never seen him upset. I've never seen him angry. I've never seen him, you know, flash at anybody. I've never seen him go into a dirty tackle. You know, I've seen him fouled hundreds of times and he just ignores it, gets up and, and gets on with it. So he, he's got that kind of temperament that, you know, he's not going to be phased by things. And so when people say to me, do you think he'll make it? I said, well, I think he's got the temperament. I, I don't think that's the issue. I don't think he's going to get nervous. I think the only thing we're not sure about is the physicality and he's proved proved through to everybody that he can manage that he's also a good listener something which Solskjaer is very pleased with if, if they say to him look you know you need you're going to come off after an hour because we want to give you a he's not going to whinge and moan he's not, he'll just take it and you stride but what is it that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer wants Mason Greenwood to work on at the moment he's got a lot to uh, improve uh, he's young he's got to learn the game he's got to learn he knows what he uh, he needs to le- learn. He's he's been told. I can remember when I was eighteen, but I wasn't anywhere near playing uh, to the level he was or he is. He's spoken about shooting through defenders' legs and heading. What do you think is the thing you need to work on most right now? What's the area of your game you most want to improve? I'd say um, heading goals really, because I only scored a few in the um, the youth team. Scored about three or four. Not scored them yet in the fair team. So because if I work on my heading, then that's probably like two or three goals extra a season. So. I work on that and then I can get more goals early. Here's Rob Dawson from ESPN. The technical ability means that he could probably sit anywhere across that front three, you know, whether it's the right or the left, as a number 10 off a striker. But I think I asked him and he was being deadly. I think he's, he sees his position an out and out centre forward on his own or with someone else. And, you know, maybe that chance at United isn't going to come particularly soon because of, of what Anthony Marshall's doing. Um, it would be interesting to see Mason getting a run as a centre forward. I think then you'd find out whether he whether he can hit the ball or not. I think playing on the right wing perhaps isn't that many opportunities to prove you can bit or show that you can't do it. You know, maybe if you got a run of games in centre forward, we would find out. You know, is it a weakness? We don't really know. I mean, he hasn't had that many chances to, to show it. If it is, it's a very mild one. So what does the future hold for Mason Greenwood? Sky's the limit. I mean, it's been fantastic to watch and fair place to Solskjaer the way he's, he's managed him. But he really, he just kept him on the leash and now he's just, you know, I think he really worked out well. And once he gets on to free kicks, well, just listen to what one of our guests say, David Pritt. He needs to establish himself as a senior player as well. And when there's a free kick at the edge of the box or there's a free kick further out, he needs to say, actually, I'm having this. Because... You must have seen like the Liverpool in the under-18 cup, was it last season? The two free kicks with his right foot um, that he scored. And then for the under-23s against Newcastle away, from miles out with his left foot, top corner. And he, these are amazing free kicks. And he's not really had the opportunity with the first team to take him. So he really needs to put his foot down really and say, right, this is, this is my free kick. 
and even penalties. I, I mean, I, if he wants, if he wants to be, you know, the top scorer at United, he needs to say, right, I'm having this penalty. But you can't really say that. Like he's only 18. He's he's Rashford. He's Fernandez, who are more senior players. But but if he starts consistently scoring goals and the, the way he's playing he's, he's got every right to say this is my free kick this is my penalty now next year 2021 it's the European Championships will Mason Greenwood be in the England squad by then I would have thought so I thought there was there was maybe half a chance that he would stick in if the, the Euros had gone ahead as planned I think there was tentative plans perhaps to maybe push him up to the squad in those in those friendlies even maybe in March if they were going ahead you know, it may have been because he wasn't really a regular at United at that time. He's certainly someone that Gareth Southgate FA very aware of. I think the that this the tournament's been delayed a year with Mason. You know, you, you mentioned all the star our names. There is a lot of quality in England's line, but you know, going off what has achieved, particularly since lockdown, you could very well see Mason just on a purely statistical level outscoring lots of those players next year. You know, if he was to get 40 games perhaps on the right wing, you know, you wouldn't bet against him scoring the 25s. Um, you don't, you can't know that for sure. But obviously, there are issues around how many games he plays, burnout perhaps because he is very young. He's not used to playing three games a week um, and it is a, a tough physical league, the Premier League. So there are all these things to consider. But, you know, sitting here now, I would not bet against Mason Greenwood being that England squad for Euro 2021, whatever it's called now. But with all of this, there's one thing worth remembering. Everyone's saying, wow, he's got 16 goals, isn't he? You know, his first season or his second season, because he did play a few games last year. And everyone's going, oh, it's the, the best in this and the best in that. I'm like, take it easy, you know? You know, he's got a long way to go. And, you know, you saw Owen's record. Owen's record is phenomenal. And, you know, and, and some of these other players who, who are really good goal scorers, you know, really good players. And I was talking to someone on Twitter today and, you know, Jimmy Jimmy Greaves in his first two seasons scored, and this is just league goals, not including, you know, any others. You know, he scored 57 goals in two seasons as a 18, 17 and 18-year-old. So, you know, historically and, you know, in, in context, yeah, 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 he's doing brilliantly and we should be really happy with that. He's, I think he's going to be a player and I think he could turn into, you know, world class without a doubt. But, you know, there's been lots and lots and lots of players over the years who have had similar starts, who've done similarly well. Um, some have gone on to really great things um, like Owen and others and, and people like Francis Jeffers, for example, hasn't done so great. So, you know, let's just let's just wait and see. Yeah, it's going to be going to be fun watching it happen, though, I think. Yeah, the ride's going to be good. It certainly is. Thanks for listening to the Manchester United Weekly Podcast and this special on the making of Mason Greenwood. Thank you to my guests, Tony Park, David Pritt, Alan Brennan and Rob Dawson and to others who I spoke to for information but whose voices don't appear on this podcast. And thanks to you for listening. I've been your host, Harry Robinson. Have a great week. Goodbye. If you enjoyed that, leave us a review on iTunes to show your support. You can find us on Twitter at UTD Weekly Pod. That's P-O-D at the end there. Or you can find me on Twitter at Harry Robinson 64 Have a great week. Goodbye. Podcast Network.